0: Welcome to the Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind the Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to the Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or Robots. I'm punching my microphone. We've got Toasty here with me, as usual. We're talking about siren lore, and my God, there's a lot of sirens in the Witcher, or at least in the Witcher games. Toasty, welcome back. How's it going, man?
1: I'm existing.
0: Toasty's existing. So that's a bare minimum. So uh, I hope you out there in listener land are a little bit better than Toasty is. Um, Toasty, let's get into this. Where do we start with sirens? It's another bestiary episode. These are always fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. We still needed to hit one this month. And I was like, oh, oh, we got to do one. Um, And, you know, I was trying to. it's, It's unfortunate. I couldn't I couldn't find anything that just like screamed like gay monster to me that we haven't done already game Um, i was trying to i was trying to go for pride month for Pride month yeah yeah um but you know it's fine uh it's it's fine but i'm doing sirens this is as close as i'm gonna get i think um but i guess for starters they're actually only a witcher 3 monster Hmm. uh okay they don't appear in uh any of the or we we don't get like the witcher one and then witcher 3 lineup that we normally see from from these so just witcher three um they are of uh, the hybrid class uh they have the echidna variation um which that just throws a whole wrench into everything later on in the real world mythology you don't even know (laughs) (laughs) okay uh uh they occur on coastal regions throughout Velen and Novigrad, um, and are also very prevalent in Skellige. If you've gone to Skellige, you know, you have dealt with these things, uh, yeah. frequently mm-hmm. you get out on a boat and they are just all over the place. Very annoying. Uh, they are susceptible to grape shot, hybrid oil, Igni and Ard. Um, and they produce loot monster tooth siren, vocal cords, and water essence.
0: Okay, but so, wait, so these are called sirens, but they're actually a little bit different than what we might expect a siren to be?
1: Yeah, uh, so they are more in line with Nixa, it's a different mythological creature. A far more vicious type of siren that, unlike merpeople, have wings that allow them to fly. Okay, so it's kind of similar to merpeople,
0: but with wings.
1: Yeah, so I think it just comes down to the difference in, like location of mythology because of, uh, as i'll discuss later Nixa are more of a germanic and scandinavian uh as opposed to sirens which are greek right like mythology right so cool
0: okay so we have a uh, bestiary entry here let's mm-hmm. let's give this a right this is from eric of hinders fault hinders hinders yeah. advice given to his son before his fo- first solo village out at sea see if Wait. you hear was
1: that a sneeze? <laughs> no, voyage. I was laughing at it. And solo His voyage.
0: First solo voyage. Voyage said Village. Village. Voyage. I'm reading too quickly. <laughs> out at, out at sea, if you hear a beautiful woman singing, turn the ship around at once. You understand? Even if it means sailing straight back into a storm. So I guess these things are dangerous, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> dangerous. So which this is obviously more in reference to like Greek siren mythology. You know. Right. You hear the the, right. the song of the siren. You gotta like plug your ears or whatever.
0: Yeah, this goes all the way back to like the Odyssey. And Mm -hmm. like, that's a very famous old book, if you haven't heard about it, by Homer, not Simpson.
1: Thank you for that clarification.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Like Here. skilled hunters... Oh, can I read this, this part? Can I read this? Oh, these go ahead, these go are ahead.
0: fun. Maybe I'll mess up some more words and it'll be fun. Uh, like skilled hunters setting out wooden ducks to lure in drakes, sirens, and lamias lure men near, using their own bodies as decoys. They can transform to resemble beautiful human maidens, though with tails covered in silver scales instead of legs. Once a naive sailor gets within arm's reach of these beautiful creatures, their fair faces suddenly turn into fang-filled Fish, fish-like fish moths and lovely tails promising unknown delights become sharp, death-dealing talons. One legend claims sirens and lamias I guess this whole thing's for both of them, right? were once friendly towards men and supposedly were even known, albeit on rare occasions, to accept some tailor's clumsy attempts at courtship. <laughs> it's like the Little Mermaid, right? In our day, however, they are decidedly aggressive, perhaps soured by the numerous kidnappings carried out by frustrated sea salts. Whatever the truth, one thing is certain. These days, the monsters display no sign of goodwill, and so when spotting them, one should immediately reach for one's silver sword. Sirens and lamias, the sirens' more dangerous cousins, usually hunt in flocks, making use of their numbers as well as their ability to move effortlessly through water and air. On the ground, however, they are virtually defenseless, and so a wise tactic is to, do, is to damage their fin-like wings to force them to land. The Igni sign also pro, also proves... Effective when fighting against them, threatened or injured sirens will let out a terrifying shriek, leaving their opponents stunned while they escape, and their sisters swoop down for an easy attack. So, yeah,
1: so, and I think that reference back to that uh, that one paragraph saying that they were once friendly towards men um, also just might be a misconception because we do know that there are mer people. Right. That exists yeah. in the Witcher. They're in the books. Um, Geralt has to play matchmaker between, um, I think a governor and a mer, like a mer woman that he was in love with. Um, yeah. And she wanted him to come yeah. to see with her, right. but he was like, nah, I can't do that. You got to grow some legs. Like, <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. That plays out in the Witcher three too. Isn't there a side quest? That's basically the same thing. I believe. I believe that's a thing. You're probably right. I, I can't. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It may be one of those things yeah. that shows up in both places, you know, like yeah. inspired by the book showed up in one of the games.
1: Yeah. But I mean like the Witcher books do incorporate a lot of like different, like of those types of fairy tales that are in it. I mean, we get, but they you get the, the, the twist on like those like fairy tales that we're familiar with. I mean, the, the Brooks, story with, um, what's his face novellon is just mm-hmm. beauty and the beast but fucked up <laughs> like right yeah
0: we get a number of that like that so, that's kind of the mmo of some of these little side stories that happen in so the we,
1: we get we get a little story where gerald plays matchmaker for a mermaid so right so uh
0: combat tactics if you're fighting these mm-hmm. in the witcher 3 you mentioned things like grape shop work uh obviously they're very agile creatures yeah. what else Which, is he?
1: shot just is basically the, like, cure-all for any flying creature. If a creature has flight capabilities, use grape shot. Right. And if uh, it's small enough,
0: use your crossbow, like, in the water or in the air to knock them down. Mm-hmm
1: yeah so. which i mean you can use a crossbow to knock a griffin out of the sky too which you know maybe doesn't make a lot of sense but you know it's fine <laughs> yeah i guess yeah that's true <laughs> yeah so Seems you can like a big creature the
0: sky. to to drop to the ground with one little bolt hey, from he a crossbow. Hit it in the
1: right spot it's going down <laughs> yeah, yeah um okay So sirens work in packs uh, akin to harpies in their ilk. They have been spotted attempting to lure in victims by transforming their appearance to that of attractive human woman, a deception that quickly ends the moment they become aggressive. Sirens can move as quickly in water as they do in the sky when sailing in siren infested waters expect to see the monsters transition from the seas to the airs as they surround their prey, which like. If you've gone, if you played in Skellige and the Witcher 3, they will, they are in the water, then they come out of the water and they will go back in the water. It is, Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. it can be a huge pain in the ass sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Ard, Grape Shot, and a Witcher's Crossbow are enough to ground a flying siren. Sirens are all types, sirens of all types are especially vulnerable to Igni, as well as any bombs that can set victims afire. It is possible to counterattack a siren as they dive out of the air at their target. This grounds them and can severely wound them. Right. As with the harpy, a grounded siren is a siren that has all but presented themselves for execution, which is presented with this opportunity, should not hesitate. So sometimes you get that like knockdown effect on creatures. You can instantly execute them. Sirens are not much of a threat, and I think they're more of an annoyance so, they're weak enough yeah, yeah they're weak enough that you that's not really like a concern as it could be with like much more like much stronger creatures where you get that opportunity you're like oh I gotta get it Yeah. Uh, a siren is <laughs> siren's gonna die in a couple of hits anyways um sirens prefer swooping on their prey slashing with their claws or tails as they sweep past their victims they rarely stay still in the air but are at their most vulnerable when they do so Wounded sirens can produce an ear-piercing screech that can stun their attackers. Other sirens can use this moment to rescue their sister, diving in on the enemy, and allowing their injured to escape.
0: Right. Now, you mentioned that there are variations and one called an echidna. Yeah. And that this, uh, uh, in the lore, poses kind of a, a weird conundrum.
1: Yeah, in, in real mythology. As right, far as The Witcher, right. it is just considered a larger stronger breed of siren there's bigger and scarier it's
0: kind of Um, like uh we were talking about some other monsters recently where it was just like yeah there's one of these but there's a bigger one this is what it's called it's a little bit smarter maybe too
1: yeah they're a lot more bountiful though um they have the variations of melusine which is specifically a named echidna um and then of course the siren and then the lamia uh as for loot, though, you can get echidna mutagen, a lock of lamia hair, monster brain, monster blood, monster bone, monster claw, monster ear, monster eye, monster heart, monster liver, monster saliva, monster tongue, monster tooth, seashell, and water essence. <laughs> it's all the monster you a, parts. You get a lot more out of the like, echidna than you do out of the siren.
0: Monster toe, monster butt, yeah, all sorts yeah. of things. Um, um okay,
1: they. Also, uh, I should say, appeared uh, past tense in the Witcher Monster Slayer game, which uh, I believe does not function anymore. Uh, But it was a legendary monster and a stronger variation of the siren. Uh, It looked more human-like, similar to how the sea witch is depicted in the books. It attacks just like the siren using its sharp claws. Echidna dwells in wetlands and is more active during rain is vulnerable to silver, fire, and kinetic damage.
0: Now, we know from these other monsters that every time there's like a named one, that that named one is usually a little bit different. It plays into the story in a certain way. So we usually get a special quest for it. Right. So we have one named Melusine? Melusine. Melusine,
1: Yes. Words are hard. It specifically occurs in Spickaroog, the island of Spickaroog. Um... And offers the loot, Echidna Mutagen, Echidna Trophy, Assassin's Trousers. She so steals the
0: pants, pants off of potential assassins.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, lock of Lamia hair and then a randomly assorted echidna loot, uh, which I will not repeat. Uh, Melusine <laughs> is an old and powerful kidna living in a large complex of caves near the village of Sforlog located in Skellige. It is presumed that a cult once worshipped Melusine, as evidenced by the large winged statue located in the caves beneath the mountains which she inhabits.
0: Cool, cool. But otherwise, functions the same, right? Mm-hmm. But she uh, has a bestiary entry. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's let's get into that one. Should I read this? Yeah, go ahead. It's uh, this is from Brit of Sforlog. I I saw a shadow, great wings like a cloud passing over the sky. I should do this in a funny accent, but I'm already most of the way through it. Then I heard him scream. Uh, In the mountains near the village of Sforlag in Skellige lies an enormous complex of caves. For many centuries, they were given wide berth on account of the bloodthirsty echidna known known as Melusine who had made them into her lair. Melusine was a beast so powerful, some islanders worshiped her as a semi-divine being. The Witcher, however, harbored no such delusions. He knew she was an extremely powerful monster, but a monster all the same. This meant she could be killed. To do so, he would need the highest quality bolts, a silver or a solid silver blade, and a steady hand. And of course, you play through the game and you do the quest and take her out.
1: Yep.
0: So uh, you mentioned Lamia also. Yes.
1: Now, these so are snake like people. Right? Uh, similar yes. but not the same similar but not the same and don't actually appear in the games Um, but this is just we have documented information a little bit of documented information on them Uh, so uh, Lamia are a type of creature often encountered at night in deserts on the southern part of the continent Uh, they have sorry they are resistant to iron and regarded by some as a variety of vampire hmm OK, they have the ability to polymorph or shapeshift and can transform themselves into beautiful women appearing as large snakes with female human heads with bloody faces and fangs. They lure their prey closer and then tear them into pieces with their fangs, often in their dens, which they build in caves. Their fearsome reputation has resulted in a weapon, a very nasty whip being named after them. (laughs)
0: Can you imagine, like, oh, no, Jimmy got taken by the Lamia. Why did he find that woman with a snake body and bloody face attractive enough to go in that cave? What? <laughs> I don't know. I
1: mean, like, it would it probably work on me, Tom. I'm going to be straight honest. Anyway. And be like, hmm, that snake lady with a bloody
0: face seems like a good time. Toasty's shrugging right now. Yeah. yeah.
1: I-, I can't disagree with that statement. That's the thing. That's Um, why I'm sure. All
0: right. Well, tell you what, we've got some really cool real world lore to get into. But first, we have to take a break and thank our patrons. So we will be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm -hmm. Great. Let
1: me go prepare my something oil then.
0: All right. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including... Our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and Jared M., thank you for your support. You guys get shout-outs every week, and thanks to everybody else who supports the show. If you are interested in joining us on the Patreon, then head on over to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast. If we've been helping you get through your workday, or your commute, or... I don't know, just making your day a little bit better, then go check out all the different stuff you can get. Ad-free episodes joining us on Patreon chats, which is happening very soon because the end of June is almost here already, which is crazy. Uh, So we will be doing our patron chat. This episode came out a little bit late this week. Toasty had some other stuff going on. So you still have a few days by the time you've heard this to join up with us. If you'd like the patron chat will be on Monday, the 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So come join us for that. If you are one of the, tier four tier five patrons, or if you'd like to sign up and we will be discussing on the discord, what we will, what we will be talking about. Words are hard. So go check that stuff out. Also, if you'd like to help us out with a review on Apple podcasts, five star reviews will be read out in the future. And thank you to everybody who has done that and everyone else who helps support the show. We really appreciate it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show smell of death and destiny heroics and heartbreak it's onion right yeah so you mentioned toasty that sirens originally came from greek mythology specifically but some of these other words and names are from other places do they get kind of just jumbled together in the witcher like how does this work
1: okay so uh, they called them sirens. So I think first we're going to talk about sirens. Um, so like you mentioned before, uh, sirens, uh, appear in the, the Odyssey, uh, by Homer. Um, they are, the yep. uh, they are the daughters. Uh, they're the daughters of the river. God, Achilles. uh, Achilles. Um, I don't know, Greek. I'm not it's proficient
0: close enough, close enough. Uh, close enough.
1: Uh, They were vicious creatures, especially feared by sailors. In most representations, they had the face and torso of a beautiful woman, but the wings and lower body of a bird. Not a snake. Not a snake. A bird. A bird. That's different uh their beguiling song would cause sailors to forget home and leap into the sea to meet their death also
0: strange i'm not sure that would be attractive maybe i guess if you've been on a boat for a really long time you're really
1: lonely you're like bird woman close enough i guess that see normally it it wasn't a matter of seeing them it was a matter of hearing them you heard them at first but eventually you saw them but it's I, by then
0: you were point. under their spell, right? Like you didn't actually have a chance. You were just.
1: Yeah, you were, you were, were kind of already messed up. Yeah. Um, so uh, earliest source to acknowledge the siren, the Odyssey, uh, did not give a description of them. Uh, presumably, Homer would have mentioned if they had an unusual appearance. Thus, it is possible that Homer's sirens just looked like ordinary women
0: or that so many people by that time of the writing of the book understood what a siren was and that it didn't look like an ordinary woman that he didn't have to note it. Yeah. Right. Well, like, this is
1: the earliest, the earliest presentation of a siren. So. Well, it's the
0: earliest one that we have record of. Right. Yeah. And, and many of these stories, if you go back, like this is one of those historical things you go back mm-hmm. two, three, four thousand three, 4,000 years. And most of the stories were told orally, they were told over right. campfires and community, get togethers and and families having a party grandpa tell us the story of the siren again or whatever yeah yeah so uh maybe that was this was just a common concept that everybody knew and so he just didn't have to go into detail you know like like today even today if you said medusa you wouldn't have to specifically state that she has snakes for hair and that if you look at her you turn to stone like everybody knows the story of medusa right
1: fair enough uh Almost all later traditions, however, represented the sirens as half human and half bird, similar to the harpies. Sirens had the head and often torso of a beautiful woman, the wings and lower body of a bird. A much later source produced around the 7th or 8th century described the sirens as having the upper bodies of human women, but the lower bodies of fish. So it kind of evolved over time. It kind of changed as the culture Mm -hmm. moved on. Yes. Uh, this is the origin of the mermaid uh basically more mermaid pop culture um the sirens most important attribute was of course though their enchanting voices which they used to lure sailors to their deaths right now you mentioned the nixa how mm-hmm. similar and different
0: is a nixa
1: uh so the nixa i got a couple different um more uh I can't do directions. Never mind. I'm not going to finish this.
0: <laughs>
1: um, more, more northern European? Yeah, no, that sounds correct. I mean, we're going
0: up to like Germany and Norway, Scandinavia, so like Scandinavian and places. Yeah, are the
1: specific ones here. Right. Okay. Uh, so the Knicks are. are Nixie plural is the most popular term for the shape-shifting water spirits of Germanic and Nordic folklore. Oftentimes, these mythical creatures appear as humans and are sometimes linked with such similar creatures as the Greek sirens or the European mermaids. However, more often than not, they are closer to nymphs or sprites in both demeanor and appearance. So kind of
0: the same, but also kind of very different.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Nix may take different forms, but their message is one of warning of impending death by drowning water spirits or deities. The Nixie cannot live happily far from water. They entice their human victims to join them through song or music, luring them into the water from which there is no escape, only death. The lesson from the tales of the Nix is to clearly to avoid temptation, especially one that is supernaturally attractive. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to lose that battle uh, and stay safe on the land.
0: Oh, no. My wife is supernaturally attractive. I'm doomed. Um, okay, so the similarity here is the, like, using their voice to draw people to mm-hmm. danger. So that part yes. is similar, even if like, the origins or the way they look are a little, a little bit different.
1: Yes. Uh, so in Scandinavia specifically, uh, there's the Scandinavian, and I've not there was like four different words um i picked one that i think i can well i, I probably more closely pronounced i think that's a in. n-a-c-k-e-n and
0: the a has yes, the two but, dots over
1: it yeah um i'm not I, I don't know these kinds of languages as we're getting into that. It's, it's whatever i'm sure somebody um, who listens to the show does so if you want to be yelling you want to let their, us know yeah. Their their car speaker like no it's pronounced this enough right yeah uh, mm-hmm. let us know spell it out phonetically in the witcher lorecast channel <laughs> yeah let us know <laughs> um but they were male water spirits who played enchanted songs on the violin so enchanting songs still popular here but they had instruments right specifically violins they were trained yes. they were trained musicians uh, luring women and children to drown in lakes or streams, the enthralling music of the Knicks was most dangerous to women and children, especially pregnant women and unbaptized children. Is that
0: a whole unbaptized. This is the whole like once mythology moves to the point of Christianity being common, like the whole oh unbaptized people, you're gonna you're in danger. The devil's gonna get you.
1: And now we're getting into the the more like, uh, I guess the more northern. Uh, European folklore that always have like the weird things in it which I love. Uh so this next part they were thought to be most active on during midsummer's night, on Christmas Eve, and on Thursdays. Thursdays. So either those two very specific
0: <laughs> once a year times or once a week or Thursdays. <laughs> on <laughs> or Thursday. Once a
1: week on a Thursday. What <laughs> happened if those days came around on Thursday? On a Thursday? Oh, that's real
0: bad? double bad they're twice it's as many. Bad. yeah
1: basically thursday you didn't want to go you didn't want to go bathe in the river on thursday so it wasn't right. a good time for it
0: right oh i'm really uh, stinky but it's thursday so i can't go take a bath
1: yeah i gotta wait till tomorrow uh i'm sorry when, everybody <laughs> when malicious nixie attempted to carry off people they could be defeated by calling their name this in fact would be the death of them
0: this is another one of those old things that we see where like your name has power over you and mm-hmm. modern fantasy alludes to this a lot
1: the nix was also an omen for drowning accidents he would scream at a particular spot in a lake or river in a way reminiscent of the loon and on that spot a fatality would later take place oh
0: that's a loon that's a type of bird right like oh what is that a loon yeah it's probably just a bird oh no somebody just died right over there (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh However, many of these superstitions were developed after the Christianizing of the northern countries, as were similar stories of fairies and other entities in other areas. Uh, hence, not all these spirits were necessarily malevolent. In fact, many stories exist that indicate that. At the very least, that this is another word for it. Fosgrim, Fosgrim, were entirely harmless to their audience and attracted not only women and children but men as well with their sweet song. There we go. We got the gay. Let's go.
0: Slightly potentially gay.
1: (laughs) We got the gate. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stories also exist wherein the Fosgrim agreed to live with a human who had fallen in love with him. But many of these stories ended with the Fosgrim returning to his home, usually a nearby waterfall or brook. They're said to grow despondent if they do not have free, regular contact with a water source. Yeah. The whole being like a water spirit
0: thing. And so they need mm-hmm. the water. Yeah.
1: It is difficult to describe the actual appearance of the Nyx as one of its central attributes was thought to be shape-shifting. Perhaps he did not have any true shape. He could show himself as a man playing the violin in brooks and waterfalls, uh, though often imagined as fair and naked today. In actual folklore, he was more frequently wearing uh, elegant clothing. Okay. Alright. Well, classy. Classy violin that's player. A very
0: classy. I, well, that's the other thing is I guess if you have a violin I, I don't It's just it's weird to have something in your hands and yet not also have something on your body. That's weird, right? Like, do you just strap the violin to your back when you're walking around? Like, I don't know. I'm just
1: like, I don't know. Like, nowadays, like Back back then, this was a mystical water spirit. Nowadays, this just seems like someone's TikTok video. I'm not gonna lie, like a right. person in a tuxedo right. playing a violin by a waterfall. This mm-hmm. seems like a TikTok video,
0: <laughs> right? Or one of a number of famous now like YouTube violinists who do these like epic <laughs> Lindsay violin, vi- yeah, Lindsey Sterling doing epic waterfall, waterfall right? violin <laughs> thing. You know, like rocking out with her violin. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Uh, but they could also appear to be treasure or various floating objects or as an animal most commonly in the form of a brook horse uh and derivatives were almost always portrayed as especially beautiful young men whose clothing or lack thereof varied widely from story to story
0: (laughs) prophet says in chat says you gotta suit up with a violin before you seduce someone you can't just show up naked does holding a violin mean you're less naked (laughs)
1: I don't know. I don't. I I guess
0: so. I've never tried this. Maybe we need to test test out the theory. If you're wearing
1: a violin on your back, would you like? And you're naked, but you have a violin on your back. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that more or less naked compared to just being straight naked?
0: I feel like it just adds more contrast to you and makes it even more obvious the parts of your body you normally don't see. Rather than just being naked, because it seems more awkward. Anyway, okay, let's, let's go to
1: Germany. Let's, we're traveling all yeah. over the place. What do we know about Nixie in Germany? Uh, so in the 19th century, Nixie in Germanic folklore were considered uh, water sprites who tried to lure people into the water. The males could assume many different shapes, including that of a human, fish, or snake. The females were beautiful women with the tail of a fish. When in human forms, they could be recognized by the wet hem of their clothes. The Nixie are often or the Nixie are considered as malignant in some quarters, but as harmless and friendly in others. There were many famous Nixie in Germanic folklore. One was so this just a bunch of them, Lorelei. Uh, according to the legend, she sat on the rock at the Rhine which now bears her name and distracted fishermen from the dangers of the reefs with the sound of her voice. Oh, that's so nice of her. So nice. Very siren like, mm-hmm. uh, in Switzerland, there is a, a myth of a sea maid or Nix that lived in Lake Zug. The legend of here. Uh, Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween, uh, halloween? I to say halloween halloween say <laughs> halloween uh a dangerous lord who lures women with a magic song to death may have originated with the nix okay so got it
0: so okay so we have variations here of these like water spirits that are very kind of siren like what
1: mm-hmm. about echidna yeah so echidna was actually like a greek like monster figure um so she was the female serpent monster, uh, it was the daughter of the sea gods forces and Ceto, or keto, I think it's Ceto Uh she was usually represented with the head and torso of a woman and the tail of a serpent. Okay, so visually still very similar. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these visuals are pretty close. Um Echidna mated with another monster, Typhus. Typhus, and- yeah. Ipheus uh and together they spawned a new generation of monsters including cerberus the chimera the hydra and Orthus. according to one source echidna was eventually slain by argus the hundred headed gi- giant or hundred eyed giant
0: i love all the different like I'm, monsters in greek mythology i'm, and I'm just they're like like
1: it's crazy the it's crazy the stuff that resulted from like greek monster matings i mean you have the cerberus <laughs> right. the three-headed dog right that protected the un- the gates of the underworld mm-hmm. the chimera which i mean there's a bunch of different but it was like what a, that is a, head, hodgepodge. a lion head yeah
0: a, yeah yeah there's a hodgepodge of animals it,
1: yes the hydra which was a seven-headed serpent and then i don't know i'm not actually familiar with Orthus. orthos yeah Orthus is the least popular it's like the uh
0: this the, the, the <laughs> the unwanted you know redheaded stepchild um according to this <laughs> two-headed dog who gar- guarded Hungarian's cattle and i think there's a whole story about all of that
1: so was a two-headed border
0: collie gotcha. right so these uh, all have multiple heads even though the parents didn't necessarily
1: uh well, i'm sure i would i don't i'm not type, familiar typhist with typhus let, so let, let me look that up, up
0: real fast too all right so what else do we know about
1: echidna though yeah um so hesiod offered a detailed portrait of echidna describing her as half a nymph with glancing eyes and fair cheeks and half again a huge snake great and awful with speckled skin eating raw flesh beneath the secret parts of the holy earth
0: okay so typhus typhus typhia typhon these are the variations of the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a winged giant said to be so huge that his head brushed the stars. He was like the the storm giant monster. Oh, name. He was man shaped from the waist up with two coiled serpents in place of legs. So kind of similar. Uh, he had a hundred serpent heads for fingers, a filthy matted beard, pointed ears, and eyes flashing fire. Whew! That's quite the pairing.
1: So why did they give birth to two do- two dogs? because monsters it obviously snake
0: because yeah. clearly monster in in greek mythology the greek gods some of them came from the titans the titans were very different than the greek gods but some of the greek gods came from other greek gods some of the greek gods came from the pairing of like zeus and mortals like you have heroes that are zeus yeah. and mortals like you have this but then you also have weird monsters that are pairings as well from gods and other things like the whole thing's just like genetically makes no sense
1: but it's fun for stories yeah uh this description of echidna as flesh eating may suggest that she had a serpent head in addition to her human head So she might have had two heads uh presume or sorry presumably at the end of her snake half weird so okay she's got the body of like a woman and the head of a woman here and then snake body with another head at the end of it mm-hmm. um what a description uh echidna thus seems to have been imagined as a human woman even a beautiful woman from the waist up and this and a serpent from the waist down possibly culminating in a snake head at the tip of her tail
0: uh, yeah oftentimes you get these like different descriptions because Long periods of time went by, centuries, and lots of different depictions happened. Some artists would make a statue or a a vase with an image, and some of them would include a head on the tail, and some wouldn't, and all of that. So that's why these things generally are kind of vague and like, well, sometimes like this, sometimes like that. So, okay, so that's echidna. What about
1: Mellocene? That name also relates to something, right? yes so melusine is a legendary figure from european folklore depicted as a mermaid sometimes with two tails as a serpent from the waist down or as a dragon or as a dragon just could have been a dragon too yeah but still the similar uh mermaid slash serpentine semi-human yeah right uh According to the legend, uh, Melusine was cursed by her mother to become half serpent every Saturday, not Thursday, until she married a man who would respect her privacy on Saturdays and not look upon her or accept her as she was. She marries the <laughs> nobleman Raymondin, promising to make him wealthy and famous on the condition that he leaves her alone every Saturday. Raimondan keeps his promise, and Melusine does the same until he is persuaded by family to spy on her one Saturday in her bath. When he breaks his vow to her, she leaves him, returning only to visit her children or fulfill the obligations of the curse to warn of death or announce a change in fortunes.
0: Good job, buddy. This is one of those, like, and this is why you should always keep your word. Yeah. This is one of those like stories. Well, actually, the moral. Uh actually
1: it's apparently uh, cause I read a little bit more on it. Apparently this resulted from the concept that like uh, women after they gave uh, birth to a child for the 10 to 20 days that followed uh, it was considered uh, like, I guess uh, like blasphemy to, like have anything to do with said woman and right. that she was only right. to be cared by uh, or cared for by handmaidens and other women right. uh, and that husbands were not supposed to like look upon them because they were, I guess, distasteful. They were unclean
0: there. I mean, yeah. even in like orthodoxy Christianity today, there's still beliefs that like for a certain period of time after childbirth a woman is not supposed to come to church. Um, and you can see why historically this may have been helpful in order to give Women time to heal and be, you know, catered to by people who knew what they were doing and not yeah. bothered by their husbands or to not, you know, come into a, you know, not not be forced to get up and walk around if getting up and walking around was difficult, you know, those kinds of things. So there's there's again like real origins for why that might've been a thing, but they kind of work their way into these mythologies in ways that make you go, wait, what, especially in, in the modern context, you know, modern medicine today, giving child, childbirth in the ancient world was extremely dangerous. And in the modern world is way safer than it was even a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So we have one more here, right? Lamia, yes. Lamia, Lamia are mentioned.
1: Um, surprise, surprise, more Greek. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so the Lamia is a female or, uh, a hermaphroditic demon found in Greek mythology who devoured children and seduced men. Uh, Lamia was a half human, half serpent creature with a terrifying demonic face who lived in a cave and smelled horribly. Hmm. Okay. Uh, again the the other half human half serpent kind of thing yeah more yeah more half human half serpent according to the ancient greek comedy playwright aristophanes that's right you uh, pronounced that one perfectly uh lamia was hermaphroditic it had the voice like a it had a voice like a roaring torrent the stench of a seal (laughs) the unwashed balls of a lamia which to describe something as having The thing of itself of the thing, yeah. I don't. I didn't quite get that. Um, And the arse of a camel. Okay. What else do we know? Uh, She would frequently creep into homes once darkness had fallen, steal infants from their cribs, and torment sleeping persons. Lamia's horrific acts of killing babies and snatching infants from the womb ensured that other mothers would feel her pain by robbing them of their maternal duties and joys. What a jerk. Yeah, not not great. Yeah. Uh, in later classical literature, Lamia joins forces with the impusa a group of demons who were either the daughters of the goddess Hecate or worked under her command she began to be portrayed as a woman with the power to transform into a beautiful woman lure young men seduce and lie with them and then drink their blood her penchant for drinking blood makes her one of the oldest figures from mythology who shares the characteristics of the modern vampire yeah, which is part of the connection
0: to how Lammy are described in The Witcher.
1: Yes, so which is makes sense. very similar. half Half woman, half serpent, and then they are often confused for a type of vampire because right. they drink the blood of their victims. Yeah,
0: man, this was really cool. This was a hefty episode full of all sorts of cool yeah. stuff and it's really like, cool connections. All of the
1: variations and everything. Every name had mythological significance. Well, that's great. it that's was great. That's
0: really cool. Well, Toasty, this has been a fun episode. Chat, thank you for being here. Toasty, do you want to share anything else before we head out?
1: Uh check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Um they just uh recently released that new trailer for phantom liberty there was a big patch that already updated for 2077
0: as well so things are kind of rolling out
1: time to look into that but yeah i think it's the 1.7 patch which like is supposedly like overhauling the game entirely yeah like they're changing so many things about it so that's crazy so cyberpunk's popping off right now um so check out that we're talking about all the stuff. Um, and then I also do the cyberpunk red Live play podcast, cyberpunk, cyberpunk apostrophe D with the fumbling for and almighty crit gang.
0: There you go. check out these shows, his shows, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on, because that's an easy way to look them up, or go to robotsradio.net where you can find those shows, and you can also find my other shows. I do a bunch of other lorecasts about all sorts of things, Uh, and so you guys know how all this stuff works. Um, Thank you for being here, everybody. Chat, thanks for being here as usual. Thank you for your patience on getting this episode out a little bit late, but we will be back next week with our patrons. So if you'd like to join us, make sure you sign up on patreon.com slash witcherlorecast. We will see you next time. Have a wonderful week, and until then... Stay safe on the path. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to the Robots Radio
1: Podcast.
0: Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at
1: robotsradio.net.